Uh, great to be with you, folks. That's a meaningful song, isn't it, to so many of us, just as I am, without one plea. It's offered as an invitation song, isn't it, in so many churches over the years and in so many places. That's not the song I responded to, I remember. Uh, I wasn't in a church when I came to grips with the fact that I really needed the Lord's mercy. In fact, it was in a military barracks, very Spartan barracks, bunk beds, a desk, nobody in the room. I remember crying out to God uh, for mercy, just as I am, without one plea, and nothing to offer, no, no virtue, no promises, no resolutions, just empty, just as the song speaks of. And I think on those terms, God accepted me. How about you? Uh, I realize that if we, if we demand of God our rights, whatever we think they may be, I'm not so sure he hears. But if we cry out for his mercy, we can be assured he pays full attention to us. And that's not the last time I cried out for God's mercy. It was September 5th, 1973, a long time ago. Uh, but since then, on many, many occasions as a believer, I've come before the Lord the same way, just as I am without one plea, but that, oh, God, I belong to you by your mercy. You took me, you forgave me, you adopted me, you made me a part of your family, and I've, I've come to you in need of mercy once again. I hope you're doing that. I hope you're depending on the Lord. Now more than ever, folks, I don't have to tell you about this. It's so very, very good to be rightly related to the God of all mercy and grace. And so I hope if you're a believer... I hope you are availing yourself of his accessibility and nearness during this difficult time. Um, what a time it is. I never would have imagined it. I bet that's true of you as well. One thing on top of another. And I think the word that characterizes the day for me is disarray, just disarray. The likes of which uh, I don't think any of us would ever have imagined. And in this day of disarray, I'm noticing a common theme, both regard, with regard to the uh, ramifications of the coronavirus and then the terrible, very premature death of um, a man who hails from here, from Houston, Texas, uh, George Floyd. Uh, whatever else may be true about the man, he didn't deserve the fate which came to be his. I don't think any right person of any age, gender, or color could see any justification uh, for what happened to him. He was murdered. We all agree about that. And I look to law enforcement officials who know much more about this than I do, and the vast majority, I'm pleased to say, they're just as repulsed and grieved and broken as we are over this particular uh, tragedy. And the reaction to it is diverse, isn't it, by many people most of the reaction, I think, is legitimate and appropriate grief, distress, and a cry for justice. That's a good thing. I think God, that cry resonates with God, who's a God of justice. And then there are reactions that are way too extreme, that make no sense, and that even distract us from the respect and mourning we ought to pay for the deceased and his family. That's just the way it is, I guess. One common thread in this sea of diverse opinion about what's befallen our nation, one common thread is that I see more and more people invoking the name of God. Do you? 
I mean, people in all different sectors of society are, are vocalizing, verbalizing the name of God. That should be a good thing, but to me, it, it's not all good because so many people, I think, are invoking the name of God very, very disrespectfully and inappropriately. And as I hear this, the name of God used wrongly, I, I, I wonder what he thinks about it. How does he feel about his, his name being made so, I don't know, commonplace, so vain? And then I realized I don't have to wonder about what God thinks about the misuse of his name, you see, because he actually told us what he thinks about it way back in the Ten Commandments as recorded in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You'll remember this. It's the words of the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. So you see this violation of one of the core commandments of Almighty God very clearly, we're told, leads to punishment. We don't know specifically what the nature of the punishment is, but the fact that one is punished for taking up the name of the Lord in vain tells me how God feels about it. He doesn't like it. So what does it mean then, in fact, to take the name of the Lord in vain? I think most of us would say it means to use the Lord's name in uh, for cussing purposes. And, and you would be right. That's true. That would be a misuse of God's name for sure. But that's only one misuse of God's name. This commandment, uh, commandment number three, is an across-the-board prohibition on the misuse of God's name in every sense. And one misuse of his name, I was trying to think about this in preparation for tonight, one misuse of God's name, it seems to me, is to use it with no clear purpose or reason. It's just random, frivolous, if you will. And so to use God's name, he's holy, you know, so is his name. And so to use it in a trivial way that serves no real purpose, that's a violation of this, the third commandment. I've shared this with you on many occasions, what I'm about to share you, so I apologize if you've heard it too many times, but I think it fits here. When I was a new believer, I was playing basketball in the military, believe it or not, I did, and we were playing in an old uh, bomber factory that the uh, military converted into a big old gymnasium with manifold basketball courts and tennis courts. You can play any time, day or night. You flick on the lights. It was really good. So we were playing, and it was a kind of a fierce game. The goal of which, as you know, is not to enjoy it. It is to win it, and you enjoy it if you win it. So in the course of the game, sometimes passions are really aroused. Mine was. I don't remember what the situation was, but I remember using the, the name of the Lord in vain. Uh, folks, that was in 1973, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And I'll tell you why. I felt like I should not do that, but that's the first time in my life I ever felt that. I had apparently used the Lord's name in vain as a custom. It was a habitual thing, and it never bothered me. But then I, by God's mercy, was embraced by him. I was saved. I was redeemed. 
And he implanted, think about this, his own presence in my life, in yours if you're a Christian, in the form of his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit took up his abode in my life and began to renovate me from the inside out. Folks, this is before I even went to a church, joined a church, was a member of a church. I, I didn't get to that point just yet. And yet, I might as well have been hearing from a, a very strong, uh, passionate preacher when I used the name of the Lord in vain in the course of playing basketball on that occasion. I felt like somebody was saying to me, as loudly as you could possibly be loud, Stuart, don't do that. I, I, I was a little unnerved by it, and then I realized thereafter, oh my goodness, that is an evidence of God's Spirit in my life confirming good things and convicting me of the bad things I didn't even realize were so bad. Well, I used the Lord's name in vain, I think a couple more times in the course of that game, and then the habit began to break. And I knew, oh my goodness, I'm really being made new in Christ Jesus. And this is long before I really understood commandment number three. I just knew it was impressed upon me that is not good to trivialize the holy name of a most holy God who stooped so low as to stay, save one such as me. And so the verse here says, you shall not do this. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Now, folks, uh, you see that word to take. It means to lift up or to carry away. And in vain means to do it for nothing, for an empty purpose. And so to take the Lord's name in vain actually means to take it up for no legitimate purpose. And that's what we're not supposed to do. So, for instance... If somebody is not taking God seriously in his or her life, uh, but then he or she uses God's name, that one is carrying it around, is taking it up, is lifting it up for no good reason. That person is guilty of using the name of the Lord in vain. And so you see, anybody who carries around the name of God but has nothing godly going on in his life, that one is violating this very commandment. I'll illustrate it. Um, the Lord Jesus alluded to this kind of violation in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. When he said, I'll bet this is familiar to you, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say. You see, that one is using the Lord's name in vain. That person has nothing godly going on in his life and has the nerve to invoke the name of God. And so God calls this an empty taking up of his most holy name. So how about a little bit of a logical progression for you? Follow these steps. Step one, if someone is not doing what God says then he is not taking God seriously. And if he is not taking God seriously, he cannot be taking God's name seriously. And if he is not taking God's name seriously, then he is lifting it up in vain. And if he is lifting it up in vain, he will not go unpunished. That, I think, is the crux 
of what this third commandment is saying. And so Jesus said back in Luke, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? He was referring to people, you see, who used the name of God and yet refused to submit to the word of God. That's what it means to take the Lord's name in vain. It's a serious violation of the third commandment and the violator, we're told, will not go unpunished. Now, another way to take the name of God in vain is to use it in a phrase of damnation. This is one of the most common ways, it seems to me, in which God's name is invoked wrongly, misused. Those who damn others using God's name to do it are grossly misrepresenting God who came to save. And so it's very sinful to make God a party in damning another person. That is a serious violation of the third commandment. My fellow believers, don't do it. The violator will not go unpunished. Now, another way in which God's name is often misused is to employ it in a common or frivolous manner. For instance, things like, oh, God, or uh, good God, or thank God. Now, those could be very appropriately used phrases, but sometimes they're just used so matter-of-factly. It's, uh, it trivializes the name of God. Do you know these initials, OMG, if you're a social media texting person, you do by now. OMG stands for, oh my God. I'm told those are the three most frequently typed letters on social media and in texts. Folks, they're useless. They're just a filler. They're used for anything and for everything, which means they're not being used for the right thing, which is to invoke the name of holy God in a holy, respectful manner. And so the overuse of God's name makes the sacred name quite commonplace. We can trivialize God's name, you see, by making purposeless use of it. Don't do it. Profanity, of course, is another way in which we can misuse the name of God. Often dirty jokes include the name of God. And so to profane means to pollute. We can't pollute the name of God. Don't do it. We can't pollute and profane God's name by using it lightly or profanely. Listen to this. You've heard about these Ten Commandments. You know how Moses got it by going up to Mount Sinai, two tablets on which God inscribed the Ten Commandments, one of which is this Third Commandment. It's likely when God said, you shall not use the name of the Lord in vain, it's likely the name, a reference to himself that he used, was spelled out with only four letters, Y-H-W-H, standing for Yahweh, which means well, it's kind of a verb of being, the God who is, the God who, who never came into being and will never have an end. He just always was, is, and will be, Yahweh, the God of being. And so his name was probably spelled out on the Ten Commandments with only four letters, Y-H-W-H, which are called the Tetragrammaton, the four letters. Now, years later, a Jewish philosopher named Maimonides added vowels to the Tetragrammaton, those four letters. He added vowels to it by taking the vowels in another name for God, Adonai. He took the vowels from Adonai. 
he interspersed them with the four consonants for Yahweh, the tetragrammaton, and he got a sound out of it. And the sound, you may be surprised to hear this, is the word Jehovah. Now, I know we use Jehovah as a name for God all the time. We even sing, you know, stayed upon Jehovah. Beautiful song. I don't want to rain on your parade, but frankly, Jehovah is a meaningless word. It means nothing. It's a combination of the consonants in the tetragrammaton and the vowels in Adonai. Why did Maimonides do this? I'll tell you why. Because in reading scripture, he did not want Jewish people inadvertently to use the name of God frivolously, casually, inappropriately. He did not want people who read scripture to use God's name in vain. And so he created this new word, Jehovah. Now, whatever it is you feel about that, don't miss the point. The point is, God is holy. His name is to be treated with respect. In fact, today, most of my people, many of my people, refer to God as Hashem. Ha means the, Shem, the name. That's how we do it. Hashem is watching over us. Hashem is good, the name. That's how we refer to God. Because of the third commandment, respect must be paid for his name. Now, if Jewish people can do it, believers most certainly ought to pay respect to the name of God. His name is holy, therefore it's not to be used in a common manner. So people who use God's name in a common and profane way, I'm absolutely certain they don't really appreciate how he takes it, how he views it. Folks, it's a violation of a commandment, and the violator will not go unpunished. Now, we do not swear, I hope, around our mothers, around our wives, around our sisters. Why do we show more respect for them than for Almighty God? Let's show respect for God. I was a chaplain in the uh, military a long time ago, and uh, <laughs> oftentimes I would walk into a place where soldiers were gathered together, and it was fascinating how often when I entered the room, the conversation would immediately change or stop entirely. One time, a couple guys were talking, and they used the Lord's name in vain. And so they turned to me and they said, we're sorry, chaplain, we apologize. And I said to them, thank you for sharing that, but it's not me. You have to apologize too. You have to be ready to stand before God and give account to him for how and why you've used his name in vain. He takes it seriously. Now, folks, we violate this commandment in another way. When we overly connect God with that which is common, it profanes the very character of God. Since he's the opposite of what is common, he's holy, he is set apart. And so sometimes we do this in a kind of a subtle way, you may not realize. So when people say something like this, the Lord led me to do this. Now, that may be perfectly legitimate. Don't let me make you paranoid. But sometimes it's not legitimate. The Lord led me to do this, or, or, or God told me to do this. God told me this was the right course of action. Now, that is perfectly legitimate if, in fact, God told you. But 
let's be honest, sometimes we are connecting God's name with the decisions we just want to make. And we just want to substantiate our own oftentimes bad choices by obligating God to be in partnership with our bad choices by invoking his name. Folks, don't do it. That's a way in which we violate the third commandment. In truth, if we're honest, most of the time we ought to be saying, look, I decided to do this on my own, and I'm connecting God's name with it, whether he's actually supportive of it or not, because I want to get you off my back, and I don't want you to question my decisions. Folks, don't do that. It's a way to take up God's name in vain. So I was watching a show last night, to tell the truth. Have you seen it? It's kind of, it's a good show. And um, this was a weird deal on it. Um, three ladies came, each claiming to be the, the, the mother of their own grandchild. So, man, I had to slow down trying to make sense. Here's what happened. One of the ladies, who was the true lady, um, has a son, an adult son, who's uh, gay, and he, uh, his partner, his husband, and he, uh, two men, want to have a child and are unable to, obviously, biologically. So what happened is um, her son donated his sperm, and his husband's sister donated her egg, an embryo was formed and implanted. Folks, this is prime time to tell the truth. So if you think I'm getting a little X-rated, good night. Uh, they implanted the embryo in this lady, elderly lady, and she birthed the child um, who became her grandchild. So what's my point in telling you all of this? The host of the show, very talented guy, went over to the lady when the real lady stood up of the three, and he said to her, God bless you for doing such a wonderful thing. <sighs> I don't stand in judgment of her or anybody else. I'm so grateful that God's judgment will not befall me by his mercy. It fell on his own son for me, so I'm not judging anyone. But folks, that whole episode was wrong on so many levels, I don't even know where to begin. I could tell you this without being judgmental. I could tell you this on many levels. That was not the will of God. And for the host to invoke his name, God bless you for doing such a wonderful thing. Folks, that is a grotesque violation of the third commandment, which says thou shalt not use the name of of the Lord in vain. Let me give you a less graphic biblical illustration. You know about this story is recorded, took place way back in Genesis. Uh, Jacob sought to deceive his father Isaac to pronounce upon him the blessing, do the firstborn. That would be Jacob's brother Esau. So a plot was formed and uh, Isaac said, I'll bless you if you bring me some food. That's what he wanted. So, uh, uh, so, so Esau went out to kill some wild game and cook it up for his father so as to get the blessing. But Jacob disguised himself in a very fanciful way, came into his father Isaac, um, 
so as to fool his father into thinking it's Esau, the firstborn, who should get the blessing of the firstborn. And we read this in Genesis 27, 20. How is it, Isaac says to Jacob, how is it that you have it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord, your God, caused it to happen to me. <sighs> That's taking up the name of the Lord in vain. You see what Jacob the deceiver did? He invoked the name of God. Oh, I got here real quick, Dad. I was able to get the food and prepare it and present it to you really quickly because the name of the Lord God, your God, caused it to happen. <gasps> Almighty God did nothing of the sort. He had nothing to do with this deceptive, sinful, manipulative attempt to get the blessing due Esau. And you see... Therefore, Jacob really violated the third commandment here. It's a misuse of God's name to connect God's name falsely with our own bad or sinful choices. That is using God's name in vain. Be careful. Therefore, my fellow Christians, how we use God's name in conversations, whenever you and I utter God's name, we ought to do so thoughtfully, not thoughtless. Does this seem too much, too stringent uh, for you and I to be asked to do? I don't think so. Uh, let me ask you this. What do you possess right now that you really value? What thing, not people, what, what thing, material thing do you value? I have a bike. It is a really cool bike. Shiny, blue. I ride it all over the place. I I like to do it. It's not a big, fancy, crazy racing bike because you can fall off of one of those. It's a simple kind of a bike. In fact, they call it a townie because you can ride it all over town. You're not up high on a seat. Um, your, your feet, if you stop, could actually make contact while you're on the bike with the ground. And that helps a guy my age not to fall off. It's really a lot of fun. I value it. More than ever, because I'm told it's hard to get bikes like that in this coronavirus day because many people are looking for things to do. And so they're outside walking and jogging and riding bikes. So it's, it's hard to get a bike like this. Today. It's not expensive, but it's a value. It's surely a value to me. And because it is, I, uh, I keep it clean. I oil it. I even purchased a fancy lock. So if I go somewhere... And someone may be eyeballing my shiny blue townie bike. I lock it up because I value it. Folks, this is how we care for the things we value. If we value the Lord Jesus as our Savior, it's not asking too much for us only to pronounce his name in a holy and respectful manner. And if anyone is to portray a high valuation on the name of the Savior. It's those of us who are recipients of his salvation. Well, when the Lord Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, you remember this, don't you? He said, pray then this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy be thy name. It means to consecrate, to set apart to use only for special, exclusive purposes. Let's not treat God's name in an ordinary, commonplace way. Let's consecrate it even as we 
make use of it. When I was a younger Christian a long time ago, there was a song. I don't actually remember it, but I think this was the chorus to it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Kings and kingdoms may all pass away, but there's something about that name. My fellow Christians, let's use the name of our beloved Christ Jesus only in a holy and respectful manner. In fact, let's pray in his name. That's acceptable. Let's pray in his name right now. Dear Lord Jesus, we bow before you with utmost respect. Oh, not in fear and trembling, because you are Abba, Father. You permit us to approach the throne of grace boldly as children, not adversaries. And yet, as we have such bold and confident access, we don't want to become so familiar that we bring you down to our level. Oh, you're much more than a friend, though you are friendly disposed to us. You really are Lord of all, King of kings. And so we pray, oh God, that maybe the habitual use of your name in a common way, maybe that's become habit for us in the power of your spirit. Would you mess us up when we use your name in vain? We don't mean it. We don't want to do so. We get a little careless. No, we want to lift up your name. Use it purposefully for your glory and in a way that pleases you and shows respect for you. Thank you so much for being patient with us as, in the power of your Holy Spirit, we're growing out of bad habits. We want to do that in thought, word, and deed that's pleasing to you. And Lord Jesus, this is our desire. In this day, this tumultuous day, more than ever, we want to set you apart and consecrate you in the sight and earshot of those who are desperately lost without you. And these things we pray with respect in Jesus' name. Amen.